Hello, dear friends and listeners. It is hot as hell. I'm sweating more than a hooker in church right now. Goddamn. That's a lot of sweat. Yeah. That's a lot of sweat. Second floor. No <laughs> AC. Second floor, no AC. <laughs> it's really hot. Speaking of the, the hotness in the atmosphere, the hotness in this book. All I know is there's spice in this book. That's all anybody ever talks about. We haven't even gotten there yet, and I'm already like... I'm here for it. I'm here for all the bickering. I'm here for all the side glances. I'm here for all the innuendos. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All of it. This sexual tension between them is at an all-time high. Somebody's going to spontaneously combust in a minute. (laughs) I personally feel like their sexual tension is way better than Pharaoh's and Reese. Oh, yeah. Most Because it's two people that don't really like each other or don't want to like each other, but they do. So they're fighting their feelings. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Because like, I remember in a court of Miss Fury where there was like sexual innuendos between Reese and Feyre. And there were like instances where Feyre was checking Reese out and Reese would notice and like, you know, smirk or grin or whatever and stuff. And we like, I thought that was cute. I was like, oh my God, this is so adorable, blah, blah. No, with Cassie and Anessa, it's a whole fucking other level. I'm like sitting here and I'm like, God damn. Oh my god, damn. It's like, I hate you so much. Now sit on my face. (laughs) Oh my god, legit. Oh god, so we went ahead and we read the first 14 chapters of A Court of Silver Flames. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, Before we get to chapter number one, we have a preface, preface? I still haven't learned how to say that correctly. I say preface. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me. I mean, at some point, somebody will say something. Yeah. Um, So we have the preface. And I actually really like this. It was Nesta's point of view of going into the cauldron. (gasps) Yes. Yes. So it's everything that she saw, how she was surrounded in just black nothingness and liquid, how she was screaming and fighting and how she actually made the cauldron her bitch. It said that she bit into it. She bit it. Yeah. She was like, if I want to drown, you're coming with me. And she bit the fucking cauldron. No wonder that cauldron was pissed. No wonder it was pissed later on. It was like, this bitch, she done bit me. <laughs> this bitch bit me. No home training. Your sister be spitting. You be biting. Goddamn. <laughs> Where y'all get your manners? So I really enjoyed that little sliver. Yeah. And it also, like, we already knew Nesta was a tough bitch, but that just makes it more so. Like, it wasn't, because this was something that we constantly talked about in the other books. Like, we were like, yeah, you know, we want to know. Like, obviously, it traumatized her to the point where she couldn't take a full bath in a tub. So, like, it was just kind of like, okay, what happened? You know what I mean? Was it just the sensation of drowning that got her? Was it something more? And like that, mm-hmm. now that we got it, I was like, damn, okay, yeah. Like her trauma is extremely justified in this sense. Oh yeah, not that it wasn't previously, but it's just like, it it makes it more known to us now, like just how traumatized she was. Right, which then also makes me sit and be like, okay, so Nessa fought and quote unquote stole her power from the cauldron, but the cauldron gave power to Elaine. What went down when Elaine was put in that the cauldron was like, oh, this dainty flower. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Probably like, like her fear. Like the cauldron saw how afraid she was. And the cauldron's probably like, oh, you poor delicate flower. Here, let me gift you with something. And Nesta went in and she's like, fuck you. <laughs> Give me what I'm owed. And it was like, oh. I was like, this was different. This was different. 
We move on from there into part one called Novice. Before we start, I want to say that we do get the dual perspectives from Cassian and from Nesta in this book. Yeah. What I love about this, um, as opposed to like A Court of Mist and Fury and then A Court of, um, what is it? War, uh, War. A Court of Wings, Wings and Ruin. And Ruin. Yeah. When we had Favor's point of view and when we had Reese's point of view, it was very much first person. Yeah. I like that in this book, Cassian and Nessa's point of view, and also in A Court of Frost and Starlight, their point of view is third person. So it further helps to separate the story yeah. from Feyre and Reese and makes you feel like you are actually reading about Cassian and Nessa's Nessa. story. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to point that out. I love that a lot. Um, but in this first chapter, Cassian is sent to retrieve Nesta from her slummy apartment. <laughs> God. And of course, he's banging on the door. She comes to the door in another boy's t-shirt. Another I man's like, shirt. Oh, if I Nesta. was and I knew that I know that she knows it was him before she even got to the door. Oh, no, because everybody says that they can scent. They can sense yes. the difference between everybody. So, of course, she knew it was Cassian because she could smell him. And oh, it pissed me off. This chapter, I sat there. I was like, girl, you really about, you really came to the door. Really came to the door in another man's shirt and had the audacity to be mean to Cassian when all he was doing was his job. All he was doing was, right? yo, I just got to get you over there. Like, I, there's nothing I could do. The high lord and the high lady are summoning you like, you got to go. It's my job. It's my job. You think I want to be here? I'd rather be anywhere else. But yeah, so she closes the door in his face and she's like, the thing is too, like she has no emotion for the other male that's currently in her bed. Mm -mm. She's just like, tosses his shirt to him, tells him to get out. She has been, like we said in the book beforehand, A Court of Frost and Starlight, she has been drowning out her pain and her trauma by drinking and by having sex yep. with as many Multiple. people as she pleases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like her trauma, she's not dealing with it at all. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty concerning at this point. Nessa's too far gone. But my thing is, is like, it wasn't, and I said this in the last episode when we did Frost and Starlight, it wasn't solely Feyre's decision. Feyre was asking multiple people because her first instinct was to help Nesta. She just didn't know how to go about it. And then when she talked to multiple people, they were like, oh, it'll sort itself out, which was probably right. the wrong thing to do for Nesta. So like, you let her be and she spiraled. And there was no like yeah. consequences. There was no nothing. And so that's where we're at now is her hitting rock bottom. This is somebody who's <laughs> at rock bottom. It's really sad. One thing I do want to mention as well from earlier in the chapter, Nesta does still have her power. Mm hmm but she's trying to keep it in check, like under control. She doesn't want to use it, doesn't want to see it or whatever. She's really angry with herself that she wasn't able to save her father. Um, and he, you know, died because she couldn't use her power against the king. My other thing was, bitch, if you would have trained, but I'm not going to get into that right now. The logic, if you just would have trained, we would have been in a better position. Exactly. But, you know, it, it was your choice. And now, you know, what's done is done. So at the end of the chapter, Cassian actually takes her to Reese and Feyre's new house or new estate, which is on the riverside. And they are like, yeah, girl, this is an intervention and you're getting cut the fuck off. And I was like, oh, it's about damn time. In a minute, I'm going to need a to pump me up. Right. I was like, this should have been done from the get go at Christmas time when um, 
when you saw her there and she was refusing to come to, or not Christmas time, winter solstice time, when she was refusing to come to the house unless her rent was paid and she was drunk and gambling and stuff like that. But her ass should have been cut off. It's, that's the thing though. Like she, she was using Reese's money. Essentially it's Reese and Farrah's money because they're married and they're high, high Lord and high lady. But she was essentially using their money. Granted, Reese is a gazillionaire. It's at the rate that she was going that they were like, hey, yo, like, this is too much. To me, I like just sat there and was like, aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you ashamed? You are the oldest sister and you are using the money of your little sister. Do you get what I'm saying? Where I'm going? Like, yeah, to me, I get what you're saying. I, I would, because they, they describe Nesta as so such a proud woman, right? Like she's yeah. so proud. And yet she had no problem just racking up that bill. That's what her trauma has done to her. Like she it's wasn't crazy. able to save her dad. She wasn't able to save Elaine. She wasn't able to save herself. The, all the things that she let Faye were go and do when she was like, all of that stuff is coming back to her. And she's like, wow, I'm really not shit. So why would I? Why would I care? Another thing is, is like, um, she makes a note of saying that like, she notices that the, the new house has um paintings from Feyre up hanging. Mm-hmm. And she notices she's the only one missing. Feyre's painted the entire inner circle. She's painted Elaine. She's painted everybody. Well, it's like, I'm not going to paint you from memory. You need to actually be present. But that's the thing. Nesta has the audacity to be angry about it. And I'm like, just sitting there. I'm like, you can't. You, you can't, like, you can't be angry that she doesn't want to paint you or she doesn't want to put you in her, she doesn't want to put a painting of you in her new house. You haven't done anything to, for her to be like, let me paint my sister. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have a rocky ass relationship. You are like, yes, you're traumatized, but like, the way you're going about it is embarrassing to her. Like, the fact that they talk about this briefly, but like, when the bill came, Reese read it out loud. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's chapter two. She was given an ultimatum. Like you're either going to go to the human lands and stay there, or you're going to train with Cassian and work in the library. Feyre can tell like she's getting upset. So she excuses everybody from the room. And she told Nesta, like you said, out loud, 500 gold marks. Now, in my opinion, I'm going to say that's $500. <laughs> I think if it was translated to our dollars, 500 bucks. Right. I'm like, now 500 gold marks. So the fake coin to dollar <laughs> ratio. <laughs> do money exchanges and shit. I'm gonna assume. <laughs> you know, you, you need to know when you're going to Perithian or when you're traveling right, exactly. the money exchange rate is. Right. Uh, so yeah, she was telling us that like, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I didn't step in sooner. And, you know, she's saying stuff about her family. And Nesta has the wherewithal on page 34 to be like, oh, I hate it when Favor uses that word my family to describe her friends in the inner circle as if you know, us living together was so miserable. Bitch, Bitch it, it was. was. Where were you? Right. Was the experience what? different? I mean, it was. This bitch is delusions. Delusions. Uh-huh. Like, what? When she said that, I was like, wait, were we in the same house, Nesta? Because like, right. like I, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. I literally don't understand. Y'all were sleeping in one bed together. It was cold as hell. Right. Favor had to go out hunting every day to feed you. You weren't miserable. I mean, you were miserable, but you weren't as miserable as Favor. So yeah, if she wants to call these people her family, let her call them their family. But I am proud of Favor for standing her ground and being like, listen, you're cut off. You're not drinking and, and fucking till the cows come home no more. For celibacy, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so we move on and we get a little bit of Cassian's perspective. Cass is talking to Reese and it's interesting to see him, like Reese, not as the main character, but as a side character now. Ooh, it was a whole different view. I'm like, damn, I still love you. Thanks. But um, Cassian is basically listening to him uh, talk about him and favorite. And Cassian's just like, damn, man. It's what I want. I want what they have. <laughs> it's what I want. Cassian is like, it's their love that he seeks. I was I was really upset. I was like, oh, Cassian, and you deserve it. Another thing is that Amran and Nesta had a falling out. So it happened, I guess they, they had like some type of festival on a boat or something, and something went down. Nobody really knows what. So it just seemed like that was a really nice blossoming of friendship for Nesta mm-hmm. that maybe could have kept her from spiraling. Whatever was said, whatever went down, that also caused her to spiral because at this point, she truly believes nobody in the inner circle likes her. And she <laughs> she hates Reese. Oh my God. But the feeling is mutual, bitch. I would hate you too. I would hate she you too. She hates Reese with a passion. I was like, God damn. <laughs> Literally, Reese can't stand your ass either, either, bitch. So be grateful. And you sitting here saying, I hate you while spending his money. Girl, bye. Mm. Bye. Go get you a job. How about <laughs> that? You need a job. A job. Uh, <laughs> um... But yeah, I think that she, she's ostracized herself from everybody on purpose. Yeah. Because she feels like that she doesn't deserve love. And also she doesn't want people like checking in on her as well. But another thing is she's done it on purpose, but then has flipped it to justify it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, absolutely. She's yeah. like she's like sat there and has ostracized herself on purpose, but then has flipped it and been like, oh, well, they don't like me anyway. Or they well, never like When me. you act like an asshole. But do you get what I'm saying? Like there's layers yeah. to this. Like- we see that she like did that shit on purpose, but then to justify it in her head, she's basically saying that like, you know, they they don't like her or Reese hates her or she more more is a sour subject for this chick. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh my god. I want to see them fight. Thanks. I want to see them fight. Thanks, yo. Uh. And I don't even like more like that since the last book, but Nesta's getting on my fucking nerves Thanks. too. So, have at it, ladies. Um, at the end of the chapter, Cassian pretty much gets a promotion. He takes on more responsibility to be a, a courtier. They are able to be more mortaled. Oh my God. They're able to be winnowed <laughs> to the um, House of Wind. And that's basically where Nesta starts her, her recovery. Um, the most important thing in this chapter I want to bring up is that Reese thinks that the mortal queens are up to something. Yeah, and that's why... Mm-hmm. And that's why he promotes Cassian mm-hmm. because he wants to have him keep an eye on them. I forget if I said that was chapter three, but that was chapter three. So now we're moving into chapter, chapter four. Oh, so let's also make a note. In order to get to the house, somebody has to winnow them and then they have to like bank. Somebody somebody has to winnow and then either they have to have wings to bank into the house or you got to keep winnowing as you go down. They just, yeah, you just, so you don't you free just fall. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, God damn, y'all really didn't want this chick near any alcohol. Like, Jesus. Bruh, because, could you blame them? Like, no. they need her to have a fresh start. So they also said, yeah, you can have alcohol if you want to, but you just have to walk down 10,000 steps to get it. And um, as you read on, this bitch tries. She, oh my God, she, she tries. Does. It's hilarious. She does. It's hilarious. We'll we'll get to that uh, yeah. in a minute. I don't think the, the little, what is it, interaction that Moore and Cassian had was, important i just found it weird that he was calling her like 
beautiful and gorgeous and admiring her beauty and then goes on to be like my sister. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think call her your friend. I mean, yeah, he we could have did without like the sister thing. But I guess he figures like that's the type of bond they have, which I guess I can see. But I didn't think it was odd for him to like admire her beauty. Like, I don't think. Yeah. And I'm it's not odd for him to admire her beauty. What I'm saying is it was odd the way that was put that he admired her beauty and yeah, it was odd that he admired her beauty. And then she was like, oh, my sister. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that is weird. So you fucked your sister? I mean, but he didn't think of her that way <laughs> when he did it. I know. It was just, for me, I was just like, eh, those things probably shouldn't have been put together. But okay. I think one of the things to take out of this interaction between Moore and Nesta, I mean, not Nesta, sorry, Moore and um, Cassian, Moore has been going back and forth between Valhallen and uh, Valaris. And she's basically like letting Cassian know, like, it's not going well. Like the, because essentially Reese wanted Moore to like, smooth things over over there so that they could get people to sign the treaty start building the walls and the territories that they needed to build and things and like Valhalla is kind of like no we don't we don't want to we don't we don't want to sign that treaty and more is like yeah this is gonna cause issues (laughs) like yeah they're kind of like oh well let's wait and see what happens and she's like what the fuck do you mean wait and see what happens yeah another thing that's mentioned is lucian so basically, Cassian yes. is like, well, we should be getting information from Lucian because Lucian is living with Vasa and Jurin. And Moore is like, yeah, what he tells us, we can't trust. And yeah. Cassian is like, well, why? And she was like, because he's become friends with Vasa and Jurin. And I was like, give my baby credit. <laughs> God damn it. But you can't because his 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 perspective is going to be biased. Let's 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 just put a pin in that, okay? Because we know from what we know, Lucian likes Vasa. Mm-hmm. Lucian maybe I'm gonna say ninety percent wants to be with Vasa. So any information that you get from him is gonna be skewed. It's not gonna be accurate, or you can't one hundred percent trust it. I want to give my baby the benefit of doubt, though. I know. You want to, but, you know, we we tried to give him the benefit of doubt before, and look how that turned out. But he came through! (laughs) He came through! He did, after the fact. But, you know, no more benefit of the doubt for you, Lucian. I'm sorry. So we go ahead and move on to Chapter 5. And one, I just want to say, the House of Wind is a character in this book. Oh, my God, I love it. I love it. I don't care what y'all say. The House of Wind is his own character, and he's funny as hell. I loved it. When she started talking to the house, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, this is going to go very well. I, I was like, baby girl, are you, you good? Are you okay? <laughs> and then the house responded. Exactly. The house responded with giving her stuff. And she's like, wine. And the house is like, <laughs> water. Water. <laughs> um, we also get some really nice breakfast banter between Cassian and Nesta on page 67 before they go out to train. Because they're the only ones in the house. They're the only ones in the house. Yo. Oh, Lord. There's so much sexual Innuendos! <laughs> so many sexual innuendos that I was like, y'all yes. just need to fuck on the damn breakfast table at this point. Like, Honestly, just do it once and get it over with, please. Because all of this, like, like I said, somebody's going to spontaneously combust, and I bet you it's going to be Cassian all over his bedroom floor. <laughs> I'm done. He's like, those pants, those damn pants are going to kill me. Yo, but he said that he was like, granted, she's skinnier, because she, unfortunately, Nessa has taken on what Pharaoh used to look like. 
But when she was mm. with Tamlin, so like she's not, I don't want to say skin and bones as Feyre was, but getting there. And like, even yeah. though she is getting there, Cassian is like, fucking Illyrian sweat leather pants is going to be the death of me. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh. So she does go with him to, uh, where is it? The, I think. Windhaven. Windhaven. There Wind we go. Haven. Yeah. So she does go with him to Windhaven. He tries to get her up in the ring and been like okay come on you like, we're gonna train we're gonna do this we're gonna do that but i i didn't get this at this point but i got it later down the line she's surrounded by cocky illyrian soldiers who already sneer at cassian and already don't really like her and don't believe that a woman should be able to train mm-hmm. so she's like of course i'm not gonna get up and make a fool of myself in front of these people and in front of you like fuck no but at first when she said no and she just kind of sat there I was like, you were being so difficult. And she humiliated the fuck out of Cassian in front of his soldiers. But the funny thing is, is like, I don't know if it's her conscience or another part of her, like a small voice told her, like, don't humiliate him like this. Like, get up. Don't give those assholes the satisfaction. And like, like you said, the the stubbornness that the stubborn her basically was like, I'm not getting up. Like, I'm not moving. Yeah. And I thought the exact same thing that you did, basically. I was like, oh, my God, she's such a bitch. Like, she, all she had to do was get up, get in the ring, and that was it. She does this at least two more times to Cassian. And I was like, at this point, Cassian just needs to be like, you know what? Fuck you. Dead ass. Because I know I would have done that. After the first time, <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. <laughs> so we move on to chapter six, and Moore is supposed to be coming to winnow them back to the House of Wind. Moore sees Nesta with not a bead of sweat dripping off her. More leans down in her ear and she's like, if it was up to me, I would have winnowed your ass straight to the human land. I was like, damn. I was like, oh, more? I was like, ooh. <sighs> I was like, shit, more. If I were you, I would have did it too. Consequences be damned. Right. Like, if she's not going to do anything, she chose not to train. So get your ass up. You can go live amongst the humans and be ostracized there. She has a week to train in the morning and then work in the library in the afternoon. At the end of the chapter, Nesta does dine by herself because Cassian does not want to be bothered with her after humiliating him like that. I mean, I wouldn't want to be bothered with her either. Dead ass, neither would I. And this is where she's asking the house for wine and it's like, no, bitch, you can have some water. Would you like some water? And she gets mad and gets up and decides that she's going to climb down all 10,000 of those stairs to go get wine. I was like, all right, bitch, good luck. So we move on to chapter seven and Cassian pays a visit to Lucian and uh, Vasa and Jurin because it's his duty. Now that he's been slapped with a whole new title of court- courtier or something like that. Court- courtier, 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 same thing. Yeah. And when he gets there, surprise, surprise, Eris is also there. Bro. Okay. Before we get into Eris really quick on page 85, Sarah, get to the fucking point. We already know that Vasa was trapped by a sorcerer and that she is a bird by day and a queen by night. Stop mentioning it. (laughs) Sick of this shit. (laughs) Oh my God. You can proceed now. (laughs) In this, actually in this page was really interesting, this interaction. So here, Jiren and Vasa are not, I wouldn't call it bickering. They're going back and forth. Maybe like a little bit of tit for tat. Cassian basically um, bowed and like said, your majesty when she came into the room. And then Jurin was like, it only goes to her head when you call her that. Like, basically making fun of her. <laughs> and then Vasa, like, looks at Jurin and she's like, but I am a queen. Like, putting emphasis on I am 
a queen. Right. And then he like goes on to be like, um, last I heard, you know, you no longer have a kingdom. So what are you queen of type of stuff? And this interaction immediately gets cut off by Lucian, who basically just looks at Cassian. And he's like, get to the point. Why are you here? What's going on? And Cassian is like trying to get information without actually asking for it like flat out so he's all like oh how's the spring court and like what's going on and like things like that right. and Lucia's looking at him dead in the face and he's like you know exactly how the damn spring court is doing like <laughs> right he's like asking questions and trying to get information from them but trying not to be suspicious yeah. and everybody's just like you're really bad at this mm-hmm. <laughs> especially Eris Eris calls him out when they leave and go outside he's like Where's the shadow singer? And why did they send you to do his job? Right. We, we want ass here. I was like, <laughs> damn. And it was really, it was sad because Cassian knows that he is not, I guess not, I don't want to say not fit for the role. Like Cassian, like he's trying, but he calls himself out every time he messes up. It's like, shit, I shouldn't have said that. Shit, I should have fixed my face. We're seeing him try to play a different part and he's struggling. Well, that's the thing. I think for Cassian, he knows the role he plays. He knows. Like, he's yeah. like, I'm a good general. I'm a good-ass soldier. I know how to fight. I know how to train. I know how to run armies. I'm not a courtier. I, I'm not somebody who should be up here talking to politics and things. He's like, it's right. just not for me. I don't do the politicking. <laughs> politicking. For me, like, I like sit there and I'm like, there's such a, like, what do you call it? Like, um, such an understanding and, like, it makes me love Cassian more. Because I'm like, this man understands himself. He's not trying to play a part. He's not trying to be, you know, something he's not. He's not trying. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that they made him so flawed in regards to he's just, this is just not what he's good at. But he knows what he's good at. I'm like, this, this endeared him to me even more. Regardless that he fucked up. I know. I love him. I do love him a lot. I will say my favorite bat boy right now is still Reese. Somebody asked me yesterday. But we'll see by the end of this book if it's Cassian or Azrael. Um, another thing is Eris starts to poke at Cassian by talking mm. about Nesta. And this was something that Cassian was like trying to, you know, bury deep, deep down. <laughs> and Eris pokes and like it's all over Cassian's face to the point where even Lucian looks at him and Lucian is like, all right, calm down. Right, we can't kill Eris just yet. Thanks, we need him we for need the him. information. <laughs> um, and he does come through with some some information. juicy information. Apparently, his daddy Baron has teamed up with the mortal queen that turned into the crone or the crow. How do you say her name? Brillin. I'm gonna say Brillin. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna say Brillopad. <laughs> so Baron has teamed up with Queen Brillopad from the Mortal Lands. And, well, she shouldn't make the damn name so hard that. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, he wants to start another war. The reasons for this were a little unclear in the beginning. But as we go on, we figure out later that Baron pretty much wants to renegotiate his territory basically. and stuff like that. And, you know, he wants to go to war for more power, which is what they all want. Except for Reese, because, you know, he has the ultimate power. <laughs> but besides that. <laughs> but Eris, Eris saying this, like he's playing double agent. He's putting his life on the line, really, because Baron could easily find out and then kill him. So, yeah, at the end of the chapter, Eris tells him, you know, stick to playing general, not, you know, yeah. you're not capable of playing the, the game. And I was like, fuck you, Eris. Every time I think like maybe, maybe we'll get to see 
another part of him, he comes back with the assholishness. So fuck you. That leads us into chapter eight, where Nesta... <laughs> she gonna try them stairs. Nesta is trying to attempt to go down 10,000 stairs. Let's just say the bitch fails. It, it Miserably. Mm, it did not work out. And then she... This is the funny part, though. If you make it down a certain amount of stairs, but you don't make it all the way down, you have to climb up those same amount of stairs to get back to the top. There is no, yep. there's no way to get around that. She only makes it to what, 111? I think so. <laughs> so the first time is 111. So that she has to turn her ass back around. And she is so out of um, practice with like anything that she is climbing and clawing her way back up the steps to the point where she had to like, you know, and this is how I pictured it. You know how you have to lift yourself up out of the pool? Yeah. That's that's what I pictured her doing. Yeah. Lifting like her upper body to like live, like push herself up. And um, while she's doing that, Cassian is like staring at her like, you dumb bitch. <laughs> You tried it, didn't you? He's grinning at her, which to me means he was laughing the entire fucking time because he's like, this bitch ain't going to make it. She's not going to make it to the bottom. Oh, yeah. At breakfast the next day, Azriel is actually there and we get some more lovely breakfast banter between Cassian and Nesta. With Azriel. I love. With And Azriel, too. Yeah. Because at one point, Nesta's like... Like, okay, so basically her and Az get to it, and Nesta's like, is that a threat? And <laughs> Az is like, I don't do threats, bitch. <laughs> He's like, I don't do threats. Right. And I was like- I do promises. Oh. <laughs> so then she like looks Cassian dead in the face, and she's like, I want to train with that one. And Cassian looks at her like, no. <laughs> he was like, and she tries to like make Cassian jealous by saying to Azriel, like, oh, what a pretty face. Right? Oh, my God. And after she says, or after she says that, Cassian's like, okay, go ahead and change with, or chain, train with Azriel. But I doubt that you'll survive a lesson with him. And wait, what does he say about her books? He says something about her smutty books. Oh, is, oh, basically what happens is he was trying to get her to get up off the table and she couldn't, she had mm -hmm. to use her hands. And so um, he basically like, it doesn't count when you use your hands. And she's like, I bet that's what you tell yourself every night or at night or whatever. No, and yes. then Cass, yes. Cass is like, is that what those smutty books tell you? It only happens at night. Oh, and I God. was like, dude. I was like, yes. Number one, number one, great comeback, Cassian. Number two, yes, Nesta Smutty Book Club. <laughs> it, that would be it, right? Like the one character who's starting off real pissy with me. Also has my favorite pastime of reading somebody's right. Like, God damn it. Oh my God. I was just like, I can't. I can't. And later when Cass and Azriel have like their private moment, he's talking to Azriel and he's like, all I can keep thinking about is her hand wrapped around me. I was like, oh my God. Right. And Az is like, yo, you in some deep You got it. Shit. You got it. Like <laughs> um, he also does tell him about like the information that he gathered with the mortal queens. Later that day, they go into training, but of course, Nessa doesn't do shit again. Yeah, she just sits on her rock. Exactly. Like, she's reserved or whatever. Yeah. After they're done, Cassian does say that she can go to the, uh, what is it? Yeah, initially he tells her she could go to the house, which is the house that belonged to Reese's mom when she lived there while they were training. But the moment yeah. she goes into the house, uh, the house immediately, like, puts a fire or something. Or there's, like, a fire that happens. And she immediately yeah. freaks out and Cassian notices it 
And um, he ultimately tells her, like, hey, if you don't want to stay here, you can go to the shops. Like, there's stores that you could go check out. Just really to point that out again, like, her her fear of that fire. Yeah, because we kind of got a, a glimpse of that in A Court of Frost and Starlight, where she was like, it sounded like the cracking of her father's neck. Yeah. So we get to see some of that vulnerability. Cassian, he's still mad at her, but he notices it and he kind of softens toward her. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it's kind of going in the right direction. Like yeah. maybe she'll tell him about it later. So I don't know. Maybe they'll soften up to each other. At some point. Then we move on to chapter nine and Nesta does go into the shops. She actually ends up in the one shop that Cassian was in. Yeah, with Emery. So yeah, so Emery is a female Illyrian. And in this chapter, um, her and Nesta get into a conversation about this scar that's on um, Emery's wing, which is how the males clip the female's wings. Um, and the person who did it to Emery was her father. He was a traditionalist yeah. and he clipped her wings. He didn't make it after the war. He was actually one of the Illyrians that died. Oh no. <laughs> so Emery takes over his shop. They kind of get into an awkward situation because Nesta is cold. She's looking for for stuff to like warm her up. Emery is like, oh, I'll just put it on the tab for the High Lord. And Nesta's like, ah! so about that tab. <laughs> like, like, yeah, so um, I'm not really, uh, I'm cut off. She actually says yeah. it, like, I'm cut off. Yeah, I think this is an important interaction for her to have because I think that Nesta sees a little bit of herself in Emery. I agree. And I wonder if they're going to be friends yeah. further down the line. Yeah. Because she could really use some friends. I agree with that. I think I think she needs people who aren't friends with Feyre. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't get me wrong. I love the inner circle. But I think it's healthy for Nesta to have friends who aren't a part of the inner circle. Exactly. My thoughts exactly. Um, what happens she later? She ends up back at the um library. Yeah. She meets another person, which I'm really hoping that she becomes friends with, Gwen, who is a acolyte at the temple. Mm-hmm. And Gwen is like, Oh, can you rebook this for me or reshelf this book for me? And Nessa's like, I don't do that. And she's like, But you're working for the priestesses, right? Gwen, like, yo, Gwen, huh. Gwen looked at her and she's like, Bitch, just put the damn book on the fucking shelf. Like I said. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't have time. Gwen was like, and we find out later, like, she's very busy. She's like, I don't have time for this bullshit. Restack the goddamn show. But Nesta tries to scare her off. And Gwyneth is like, oh, I like you. Yes. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. I hope she comes back. It was a really good interaction. I hope she comes back. Yeah, it was a really good interaction. That was pretty much it for chapter nine, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, So basically in chapter 10, Nesta is back at the house. And the house provided her with chocolate cake. And, um, and she's like looking at like, you know, she's just talking to the house. And she's like, is this Cassian approved? Like, can I have it? Obviously, the house doesn't say anything. But Cassian walks in and he's like, no, but go ahead and have some. So then... They have this really cute interaction with the cake where Cassie goes to take a piece and Nesta's like, that's mine. And then she's eyeing him because he's like, e-. I'm like, the fucking tension. Yes. I was just like, oh eyeing my him God. Cake. Like eyeing him, putting it in his mouth. And she's like, Ooh. God damn. <laughs> she's just like, God damn. And he's just like, he's like bugging her. He's like, you know, you could take the piece of cake from me. If you trained, you'd be able to disarm me. Like that type of thing. It was it was crazy. Um, Nesta also tries the second attempt at the stairs. This bitch. And this time she busted her ass. It got to the point where she was like, "Oh shit!" She had to stop herself from t- from 
continuously tumbling down the stairs. And she does that by shooting out her her power. She said it was a silver flame. <laughs> you know, silver flame, name of the book. And then when she looks, when she looks at where her hand was, there's a legit um scorched handprint where her hand was. So I need to ask from the fan uh fan art that we saw previously, mm-hmm. right? We know Nesta has raw power. My question is, is that the power of the first Illyrian, do you think? Oh, maybe. Mm, that's interesting. Because we thought that maybe she was a witch, right? right. But now I'm like, because she could scry for uh, the cauldron. But I think that's just because they were connected. Yeah. But maybe she does have that like raw form of power from the first ever Illyrian. She certainly acts like an Illyrian Everybody group. says that. Yeah, Nessa. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. It's very interesting. I don't know where this power... I mean, we obviously know it came from the cauldron, but I'm wondering, like, how is this connected to stuff? Same. Move on to the next morning, and obviously we're back at the breakfast table, and Cassian is looking at her, and he's like, so who won this fight? And she is pissed. Oh! Is pissed. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Bitch, you know damn well. And he well. was like, the one between you and the stairs? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then finally, he was like, you know, three in the morning, you leave your room to get shit-faced drunk in town, and you're in such a rush to conquer the steps that you fall down a good 30 of them before you stop yourself. And she was like, you were fucking watching me, and you ain't come to help? Well, if you would have kept falling, I obviously <laughs> would have came to help, but you stopped. The fact that he good. said that, he was like, well, if you would have kept going, you know, I would have intervened. I was like, damn. To which Nesta oh was like, God. I should push you down the fucking stuff. <laughs> Bitch, like you could muster the energy by. Cassian turns this into a, well, if you, you know, went to training, you could boast about getting these bruises from training instead of this pathetic excuse that you fell down the fucking stuff. Right. Uh, I do want to point out at the end of the chapter when he tries to get her up to train again. Mm-hmm. Um, Amarin had told him something before, like, keep reaching your hand yeah. out. So this time he physically reaches his hand out and he says, please. Yeah. Which he never, never, never does. And still she denies him. And he's like, well, maybe then tomorrow. Disappointed. Disappointed. I was like, how dare you disappoint baby Cass? How dare she? You're not worthy. Facts. So we move on to chapter 11. Basically, the the house is pissed off at Nesta because Nesta, <laughs> Nesta refused to eat. And so she wants to eat in the library by herself. And the, the house refuses to open the door, which leads her to go into the <laughs> dining room. And in the dining room is Cassian and Az. Anyway, Az asks Nesta, he's like, so what happened to you? And like, Nesta says nothing. And then Cassian at the same time is like, she fell down the stairs. And Az is like, does, does somebody push you? Right! Like, I was like, God damn! First of all, Azriel, stop being funny. But this argument uh, that ensues after that Thanks. really, really gets me because it is the first time that somebody has actually told her about herself. Like, Feyre tried to let her know, like, hey, Nicely. listen, this is cool. You did this, you did that. But Cassian was like, you know what? Do you want everybody to hate you? Because they fucking do. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn. But also at the same time, maybe she needed to fucking hear that. No, I agree. And I think that's what happens when somebody's fed up. She pushed him so hard that he ultimately snapped. It hurt Nesta. Like she says it hurt. Like his words halted her. And of course, the thing with Nesta is instead of demonstrating that she's hurt, instead of showing that vulnerability, she immediately has to attack. She immediately has to be Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I have to one up him. 
And he's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. I'm, I'm over. I'm done this. And like, she's really upset. She's like, oh, shit. So when that happens, um, even as tenses at this, I immediately thought, you know, the Chrissy Teigen meme where she's like smiling, but it's like, Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. That, I was like, that's Az right now. Az is like, oh, shit. Um, I do like at the end of the chapter, the little one-on-one with Feyre and with Cassian, where they're kind of talking about Nesta and what to I do. I love their relationship. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, And it kind of hits Cassian that Nesta has said repeatedly, I will not train mm-hmm. at that place. Yeah. I will not train in front of those people. So he's like, oh, duh, there's a fucking training ring here. So I was like, well, first, why wasn't that the first, the first idea? No, but I think it's because it was probably Reese and Feyre and Amran who thought, well, Cass is going to have to go to the Illyrian camps anyway. So to kill two birds with one stone, take Nesta with you and just train her there. But they know how proud she is. True. I mean, yes, that is true. But I think that was the logic. I don't think they were thinking that like that. I think the logic was... Well, Cassian has to go there anyway. He's the general. So it just yeah. kills two birds with one stone. There's, there's, you know, a ring there. They could just do it. But it says so much that Cassian was looking at the ring at the House of Wind and was like, oh, wait. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Nerd. right. Nerd. Like, it was almost like a light bulb went off. And he was like, huh. And I think it's really cute that, like, Cassian is like, I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to switch it around so that she's comfortable. This was like the the subtle way of them being like, okay, they're not giving up. He's not going to give up on her. Um, but right. oh my God, do I adore this chapter? Yes, because the interaction between Feyre and Cassian is such a brotherly, sisterly situation. It's so cute. So that leads us into chapter 12. And Cassian finally gets Nesta to train God, at the House yo. of Wind. I know, because your week is almost up, girl. Thanks. You're about to be hit the street, your ass is <laughs> Um, so he finally gets her to train and he does it by first being at the house of wind. And then secondly, like, okay, let's make a bargain for one hour of training. I will owe you a favor. And that's no, that's no like small fit because bargains are sealed with magic and with tattoos. And Cassian's looking all over because we, Cassian is tatted up. He's got the Illyrian tats. So he takes off his shirt because he can't find the fucking tattoo. He takes off oh his shirt. God. He's looking all over, all over, all over. There's a mirror, you know, goes to the mirror. He starts looking and looking. And right there in the fucking middle of his back is the is a star-shaped, I, what I thought of was like a compass. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a six-pointed yeah, star, Yeah, it's a right? six-pointed star. Yeah, it kind of, the way that they described it kind of reminded me like of a, a compass. compass. Or of a compass. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. So it's a six-pointed star. Um, it, It's supposed to be in the middle of his back, which means it's in the middle of Nesta's back. And Cassian immediately is like, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nesta is just staring this man down with no shirt. She is just like, oh. This bitch is oogling. Uh, is it oogling or ogling? Whatever, Whatever it is, it she's is. doing it. <laughs> she is like, I didn't know you could have muscles on the ribs. <laughs> <There's-> <laughs> right. I was like, girl, <laughs> close your mouth, baby girl, you're drooling. Right. Your jaws on the ground. Maybe you want to pick that shit up. Like, right. You might want to pick that up. Yeah. Right. Wipe that slobber off. Uh, but at the end of the chapter, after they're done training, we do have a serious breakthrough where Cassian apologizes to her yeah. saying, you know, I didn't mean what I said. Nobody hates you. I don't hate you. 
And she says, and I have never hated you, Cassian. She uses his name. I know. I was like, oh. It's been 12 chapters with your stingy ass. I know. Oh, so in uh, he actually gets her to train for two hours. It's not an hour. Yeah. And then he looks at her and he's like, okay, so like, what's the favor for two hours? And she's like, that second hour was on the house. Don't worry about it. I was like, oh. I know. I was like, okay. I was like, because you didn't mind, did you? Right. You didn't mind that second hour. Not at all. Um. So we move on to chapter 13. Gwen comes back about. Yeah. She gets more of an interaction with Gwen. Yeah. She has more of an interaction with Gwen. And Nesta is learning a little bit more about, like, who Gwen works for and stuff like that. Apparently, she has a very demanding boss. We can all mm-hmm. <laughs> we can all kind of relate. We've been Facts. there one, one way or another. She's supposed to have this certain book for this priestess, and she put the wrong one on the shelf. So Nesta takes it upon herself to find the correct book or ask the House of Wind for the correct book. And then she takes it up to Gwen's, I guess, supervisor, manager, manager. Whatever you want to call her. Uh... Yeah, her manager's office. Nesta's able to go ahead and switch it out. And she tells Gwen. And Gwen is like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. Nesta made a friend. Yes, most definitely. She most definitely made a friend. I really like Gwen. I feel like, okay, so I don't know about any theories that are out there. And I've been trying to avoid spoilers and fan art. But I feel like Nesta and Gwen and Emery might become friends. I can see it going that way. I can't. We know for a fact that like Sarah J. Moss, she doesn't do interactions with just random people. They either come back or something happens with them. So I think it makes sense that, okay, we find out Emery. We we find out Emery's name and we know that that's the chick from the shop. And Gwen, for instance, being somebody who obviously gets gets along with Nesta because of how feisty she is. And I'm just like, this is this is good because this is what Nesta needs. She needs this type of interaction. The interaction she's been getting with the inner circle hasn't been helping at all. Right. Yeah. And I really hope I really hope that it does. Yeah. Um, she's also talking to Gwen about the research that her manager is doing or her managing priestess is doing mm-hmm. about the Valkyrie. Yes. I don't know if you found I found that interesting because you know Valkyries. Um yeah, Valkyries, exactly. Yeah. Women fighting. fighting badasses and so i'm like okay i feel like there's a reason that this is bought up i don't know why I, too. I don't know why but i feel like maybe they'll meet a valkyrie mm, because they said there are very few of them Love. yeah like when was saying there's very few of them that are still alive yeah. but i feel like maybe they'll meet a valkyrie like a surprise um, valkyrie maybe that something? person will yeah yeah and maybe that person will come into play like to help them fight against baron and uh brillo pad if it gets that far. Right. That's her name, damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. And I think those are good points because I think, like I said, Sarah J. Moss doesn't just say anything um, or doesn't bring stuff up without it having some type of meaning. So then we move on to chapter 14. Cassian, basically, the house talks to Cassian. So basically, Cassian goes to check in <laughs> on Nesta and he realizes she's still asleep because she never showed up for breakfast. And she never showed up yeah. for dinner. And it's because she had done training so hard and then worked at the library and then ate so much that she like tired herself out. She took a bath and then passed out in her bed naked or whatever. And the house, when Cassie walks in, he's like looking and he's like, like he opened her door and like looked to see and saw that she was passed out. 
and the house immediately shows him a tray. Like a tray of just empty bowls and shit appears. And Cassie's like, good work. Like he tells the house, good work. And then he really sits and thinks about it. He's like, oh shit. If this house is like alive, there's a lot of shit that I did in this house that like, oh my God. I was like, yo. I was like, yeah, yeah. And it has to clean up your dirty messes. Yo. Oh my God. So next time use a sock. Mm -mm. At their second session of training, Nesta is very, very tight her muscles i mean it's natural okay so she's like super sore it's the natural part that happens after you go to the gym yeah and cassian decides to help stretch her out (laughs) this is the thing when this scene (laughs) when this scene started i immediately was like this is gonna lead to sex this right here (laughs) is gonna lead to them just straight out fucking and it didn't go that way but it should have it's only 14 chapters in. I like I was reading and I was like, oh, oh my God. Yo, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Um, so other than that, very, very sexual tension. We also learn what happened to Gwen um, and why she is at the library seeking refuge, which is really sad. Yeah, we, we already know that um all of the priestesses and any female who's at the library has gone through some type of traumatic event. And what happened with Gwen, what we got was the story that uh, as basically told Cass. So Gwen was at, um, where, what was it called? Sev- Severa? Zavron? Uh, Severa, I think. Severa? Uh, Severa? Right. God damn it. So basically, Gwen was there and King Hyron had thought that they had a piece of the cauldron. He sent his goonies out there. And the Goonies ultimately either killed the priestesses that were out there, or if they liked the way the priestesses looked, then they were raped. As was the one who made it out there, found her, and killed the rest of the um the hybrid Goonies, and um brought her to the library. I like that there was like, damn, it's such a horrific story. But meeting Gwen, you probably wouldn't have thought, because she seems super feisty. Right. That's huge trauma. It could cause you to have depression. It could cause you to, to you know, a bunch of other things. And so, but for yeah. Gwen to be feisty and to talk to, to Nesta the way she does and, like, be almost, like, I don't want to say bubbly, but, like, you know, just out there. Kind of like she can throw her punches, Yeah, too. I was like, that's, yeah. that's a strong-willed person. Yeah, and it's also, like, you know, she was able to get the help that she needed yeah. to also kind of move forward as well with her sisters at the library. Exactly. So I felt like hearing that story for Nesta mm. was a step in the right direction as well because it's like it shows you that yes, you have trauma, but you do need to address your trauma in order to move forward. The same thing that we were talking about with Feyre when she had her trauma. Um and another thing is in this chapter uh, Cassian and Cassian actually learns a little more about Nesta. So Nesta used to take dancing mm-hmm. lessons as a girl. And she was like, well, we weren't always poor. Like, obviously, you know, my father was very, very rich long, long ago before, you know, we ended up in poverty. And he was just like, oh, so like you were his little princess. And Nesta makes it a point to say, no, Elaine was his princess. Feyre was his princess. She was like, I was my mother's it was weird because it's like I was not like I was my mother's child or I was my mother's baby I was my mother's creature the way I took it and and like from reading 
you know, the previous books and they were mentioning stuff. The way I took it was Nesta being the firstborn, being super pretty. And we've already know, like, they always mention her, her back being like steel rod, you know, uptight type of thing or whatever and stuff. Mm-hmm. What that tells me is Nesta's mother planned to have her marry very high up. And so her mom made it a point probably to make her um, take lessons in certain things like dance lessons for whoever she married and um, getting her to, to sit steel rod so that her back was always up and, and supposed to be in perfect posture and stuff. And you can even yeah. tell like the way Nesta is, the way she holds herself, her, pri- her, her pride and her stubbornness. Like obviously all of that is drilled, was drilled into her from her mother. When she says I was my mother's creature, it's because I think it's not that her mother loved her that much that she was like, oh, this is my child and like things like that. No, I think what it was was her mother saw her and was like, all right, this is my opportunity to move up or whatever in society. Okay. I hope that we do get a little bit more insight into her mom and her, into Nesta's mother and Nesta's relationship later in the book. Yeah. Because that's probably more Tama that needs to I agree. So later on, we get back to Cassian's perspective. He and Reese have met Aerith on the the Springport lands because Hamlin still don't give a shit about his borders and who's on his land. No, no. It's the fact being that Aerith, besides them talking about what they need to talk to, Aerith says there's a beast that roams this land. His mane is made out of gold. His eyes are this color. His mansion has been overrun with thorns and roses. And I just sat there and was like, oh my God, this man is a fucking beast. Like, I was just. He's just walking around in beast form because he's. He refuses to change into a fae. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, yeah, Tamlin is still in his damn feelings. Um, But they are there to talk about more information that Eris has gathered. Again, Baron is aligned with Brillo. Um, you guys need to do something about it. I want you to take the mortal queens out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's going to cause a lot. a lot of mess for us. Right. And potentially maybe even start a new war. So no, we need to be smart about this. Right. I know he, I know damn well he didn't think that Reese was going to be like, yeah, all right, I'll go over there I and I'll mean... slaughter everybody. They have to be smarter than that. Um, what else does he mention? Oh, Reese says, you turned into quite the little traitor. And Eris says to him, I told you years ago what I wanted, High Lord. Now, when Cassian says why, Eris says, for the same reason I left more untouched at the border. And I was like, what? Facts, because I said the exact same thing. Confusion! I was like, what do you mean? Confusion! I was like, I need more! I need more explanation! What the fuck do you mean? I was like, I I need you to tell me, to to tell me what you mean. So... I kind of let that sit. I kind of have a theory about it, but I'll do it at predictions. And then at the end, we get it to, or we get back to Nesta's point of view. She tries the stairs for a third time. And I'm like, Nesta, at this point, I don't think that she's trying to go down there to get wine. No. At this point, I think she's just trying to see how many stairs that she can get down daily. Facts. I think so too. And she's trying to make it like a a game for herself. And when she reaches the bottom, she'll finally have reached her redemption or something like that. Yep. Like it'll be an accomplishment. The house has also gifted her with a hot bath, food, and a smutty book. She was so excited about it. And she was like, I know, she was like this. 
is perfect. Literally, the house is her best friend. It's so cute. But she says it too. It's She's so like, cute. I think you might be my only friend. I know. It's cute, but it's sad. And when she said that, the house was so happy, he like gave her chocolate cake again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yay. That's where we basically end for the first 14 chapters of the book. Um, I will say it's a little slow. It's a little slow, but I'm still interested because we're getting to know these side characters as main characters now, if that makes sense. No, it does. So I like this. I like this perspective because the last few books, we've only read them through Feyre and Reese's eyes. And so we saw everybody mm-hmm. the way Reese and Feyre saw them. But now we're getting to see everybody the way Cass and Nesta sees them. So it's like interesting to read from Nesta and Cass's perspective and then see how everybody in the inner circle is. Reading about everybody from somebody who just met them and who's kind of like, oh, you guys fucking suck or you guys get on my bad side or your busy bodies or like fuck y'all it's so interesting i don't know what's gonna happen um but i am interested to see nesta get up off her ass and do some more training i know for sure there is no way that we are going to be able to make it halfway through this book without them fucking there's no way they have to fuck there's no way they have they have to i i'm legit I am legit saying it's going to happen in the next four chapters. I bet. Next four? It has to. Okay. The next four. It has to. The way, At the rate that they're going, yeah. Mm, um, I, okay, let's bet on it. You say next four chapters, right? What chapter is that? It's going to happen within the next four chapters. So 15, 15, 16, 17, 18? Chapter 18? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you say chapter... I'm, I'm marking chapter 18 down. I will say it'll happen in chapter 20. Chapter 20? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're taking bets, ladies and gentlemen. Chapter what are we 18. betting? We'll see if, if, if they... Do the deed. Okay, so what are we betting on? Oh, that's funny. Like, what are we putting up? Starbucks? Ooh, yeah, I'll get you a Starbucks. You want to do Starbucks? Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay, okay. We're betting Starbucks. Starbucks. All right, cool. Um, The only other prediction that I had where, it's not even a prediction, it's just more questions about Eris. When he's talking about, I told you what I wanted long ago, the same reason that I left more at the border. What does that mean? Like, what does he want besides the throne? Does he seek revenge for her? Does he seek revenge for Lucian? I, this is the thing. I am starting, not that I like, not that I like Eris, no, but I'm really starting to think he's a very complex character and I'm really starting to think that he knew or suspected that Moore either liked somebody or her sexual orientation was different. To be honest, the way it sounds, it sounds like he is somebody who is trying to do good, but maybe goes about it the wrong way. Yeah. And so... I don't know. He's He just seems super, super complex. And that, what he said about more, makes me sit and wonder. And I'm like, okay, did we get the whole story? Did we not get the whole story? Like, what we need is a play-by-play of that whole week. I need to know what's going on with Eris. If we can, if he can be trusted or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's basically all that we read for this week. The next chapters we are going to be reading are chapters 15 through 28. Oh, man. On that note, I'm going to go take a cold shower because I am sweating like balls. Same. Like, you know the statement, balls to the wall? <laughs> what I feel like. I feel like sticky balls on a wall right yeah. now. <laughs> but I hear you because it's also Sorry. It's hot as fuck right now. Mm-hmm. But You guys, stay stay cool out there. Facts. And, uh, yeah. And follow us on social media if you haven't already. Yes. At YA Heart Podcast on Instagram and on TikTok. We are 10 followers away on TikTok from being at 3,000, you guys. Damn. Thank you. I know, right? Thank you so much and keep up the good work. Yes. So with that, 
And I want to say thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Come back next week. We love you guys. And always say why I hurt. Bye. Bye.